Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. In Leafs Nation, every day is Halloween. Hope you had a better weekend than us. It's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill with you to break down yet another fascinating weekend in Leafland. How's it going, Rosie? I don't know. Not bad, man. How much? Uh, how much time do we got for this one? Is the question I got. We have whatever whatever time you need allotted. We have it for you, Rosie. You take the floor. Start things off for us, please. It's a therapy session on this Monday, this Halloween. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to stay stay positive. You know, this whole this whole go, but but uh, you know that road trip, especially that uh, the California part. It's just, it's, it's worrisome. It's, it's trouble. And the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope on this group is that they've done this last year already and they're able to pull themselves out of it to a certain degree, but that is just not good hockey. It's not even close to good enough, man. Very, very scary. I'm almost at the point where I'm never visiting California again. I have some great friends out there. It's just uh, PTSD at this point, considering that trip for the Maple Leafs, where we all wondered, hey, could they sweep away, go 5-0? and And it was pretty much the opposite. Uh, remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. As you know, I've been doing Muzzy's musings following every Leaf game, pretty much my thoughts on uh, what the Leafs put forth. And quite frankly, I had a lot of thoughts last night, so make sure to go check that out at theleafsnation.com. And so a one, two, and two, five-game road trip, Rosie. But again, it's important to contextualize things and not to be too reactionary, as you've prefaced uh, you know, a couple weeks back, dating back to that loss against Arizona. But four, four, and two in the month of October. What's your level of concern with this Maple Leafs team right now? Uh, it's a lot higher than it was uh, before the weekend. You know, you're you're losing handily to teams that are the bottom of the barrel teams, and you're supposed to be a contender. Um, that that's an issue. And you know, you drop a game here and there, like the Arizona game. Everyone's getting their feet under them, getting used to each other. That doesn't concern me. What does is repeatedly three games in a row against very average to low low level teams and you don't show up and you continue to do the same things over and over again. It's like the adjustments weren't made and, you know, listening to their interviews, pregame, postgame, they're saying the right things, but they're having a lot of trouble implementing it. And it's, uh, it's starting to become concerning and they need to make a big change. I'm not talking necessarily 
firing people, trading people, that that's kind of difficult to do and comes with a lot of consequences, but it, you need to make a, a cultural change in that locker room and, and every guy to, to a guy needs to make a mental adjustment on however they approach the game and what they're doing. And I think it starts with Sheldon Keefe on getting these guys to think about the game in a different way. Cause the way they're doing it right now is, is not even close. Yeah, they pretty much tried everything at this point, Rosie. They even tried the Bieber-inspired jerseys on Saturday in Los Angeles and still lost that game. Um, I know every team deserves a mulligan, but to get a mulligan per week is just not fair in my world, uh, especially considering a lot of people, their expectations were heightened for this Maple Leafs team, have been for the last X amount of years. With that in mind, let's get over the boards. Hmm. I coined it the collapse in Cali, Rosie. <laughs> I I think I'm just deaf to these in, in terms of collapses and embarrassing losses. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Toronto must have 10 to 15 like embarrassing, embarrassing losses in the last decade. I think the closest team has like two. They just don't know to lose properly if that if you, if you can lose properly in this league. So they were up 3-1 last night. You know, there's so many fine details in that game that you'll probably forget. One of which was the second period. Eric Schalgren is outstanding, I thought, in the second period. Anaheim outshoots Toronto 14-7. to The other was the Alex Kerfoot penalty shot. It was 3-1 with a chance to make it 4-1. And then the avalanche that ensued after that was mind-boggling, Rosie. Yeah, it's like one of those games with, with the Leafs where you can just see it coming. And, I mean, you can see it on their faces and in their 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 body language like they can feel it coming too and it's like they're helpless to it but they put themselves in those positions man i mean when you look at good teams like good hockey teams th those forwards come at teams wave on wave on wave they're a three-man unit coming entering the zone you know one guy's driving the net one pulls out you spread those deem out you create seams you create holes you funnel pucks to the net they're bouncing off pads you can bang in rebounds get tips going if not, it's in the corner. You're the first guys on that on that puck, cycling it down low, getting it up to the D, more shots on net, more. And the defense are just, they're on their heels. They're scrambling. They get tired. They end up standing flat-footed, just trying to keep you to the outside. When they're like that, they can't make a good breakout pass. They can't get fully controlled um, puck possession. And they end up throwing it off the boards, off the glass, making turnovers. And you just keep doing that wave on wave. Whatever line is out there, whatever your strengths are, you stick to those. But it's a team mentality where you're just coming and you're coming and you're coming. And you watch good teams that win Stanley Cups. That's what they do. This team, they think that they're going to win the game by doing little backhand sauce, spot passes, back door to win the game. And you might score a goal like that once every five games. You're sure as hell not going to score three or four of them a night. You're not, you're not able to do that, you know. And some players out there, they think it's junior still, and they think that they have the ability just to toy with teams and dick around and make these fancy kind of beer league-ish plays. And it's not junior, man. And no one on the team is good enough to manhandle an NHL team on their own. It's just no one's good enough. There's like two players in the league that are good enough to do that, and none of them are on that roster. So it's got to start to get back to a, a what do we have to do as a unit, not what do I have to do out there. Because when there is effort, which they lack quite often, it's individual effort. And it's one guy trying to do something, and he's just he's got two guys on them. He's, he's painted into a corner all the time, and it's just this frustrating um, never-ending cycle of of not producing anything because it's just individual effort. And if I was Keith, I'd have to break down a uh, a pretty big 
you know, team mentality and, and approach to the games right now? Because what they have going right now is so far from a playoff contender that it, it, is, a, it is a bit concerning. Not to be cliche, but there's no I in team. I know there is a me, but I, I think you're bang on with that assessment where I think you see perennial contenders in this league. They play like a team. I think you watch the Leafs. They play like individuals. And I, I'm not pointing out one single player. I know Mitch Marner had a night, two Apple turnovers. We're going to get to that little drama, that saga with Sheldon Keefe. But like collectively, it's not just him. It's not just Austin Matthews. It's not just Justin Hall, who, who's the whipping boy for sure. Every player, the pizzas, like it's egregious how many turnovers and how many, I think you hit it, like the, the beer league plays this team is making right now. And I get it's October. I get it. You're getting to the stride of the season. But I don't care if you're Arizona. I don't care if you're Toronto. I don't care if you're Colorado who just won the Stanley Cup. It's unacceptable. Like uh, defensively speaking, they're a train wreck. And that was the unfortunate part I felt about last night, Rosie. I think they had a really good first period. Their first, you know, strong period in a long, long period of time. They probably should have been up 2 nothing, but the Marner Pizza set up the Anaheim goal, right? Yeah, it's the, you know, those turnovers that come from those weak plays that don't belong in that league. And then it's the reaction to the turnovers. Like, you, you know, you, you make a turnover and then it's like, oh, the body language. Oh, I guess I'll back check now. And yeah. in that league, the biggest thing I noticed from leagues below the NHL to the NHL is the transitional game is so goddamn fast and deadly that when that puck changes possession, it has gone the other way so damn fast. And that's why those turnovers are so crucial. And especially with this team with, you know, some struggling defensemen and whatnot, if you're making a lot of turnovers and you don't have the guys to cover and you're not even covering each other as as forwards and, you know, it's a lot of individual things, like I said, it's going to go your other way and it's going to go in the back of your net. And it does quite often. And you just don't have the ability to keep up with that. You can't win game 6-5 all the time because you're not scoring at a rate by the way you're playing and the way your forwards are playing. So it's just a combination of, of issues right now that are compounding each other and it, it, it adds up to a, a handful of ugly games so far that, that's for sure well good riddance to october again the maple Leafs back in action on wednesday and just again to contextualize things and compare and contrast uh, the maple Leafs team last year was four four and one through october but again it just has a different feel i think it's just more so the way they're losing and who they're losing to where every night they're not even playing the best teams yet and uh, the they're getting their floor and their 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 asses handed to them, which is uh, again, it's scary. And we'll see over time what does transpire over the next couple of weeks if this doesn't rectify itself. I referenced the uh, Marner and Keith situation. You don't think this team is broken, Rosie? A three-two lead in the third period. You can sense the game changing even in the second period. And Sheldon Keith calls a timeout, and it seems like he singled out Mitch Marner. But I I think it was justified. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, for sure. And I mean you got to hold your players accountable like this. Like with his comments that he made a week or two back that he felt he had to walk back, I, I think by the reaction of Matthews and Marner that they do understand that this they're men. This is an NHL. I don't think you're going to break your team by calling out guys here. You know, it's already, like you say, there's broken issues right now. And if you don't, you don't rectify them and you don't address them, you're going to continue to make them. And, you know, Marner was not good enough. And he just, he kind of seems like a boy out there, not a man. You know, he seems like he's back in Lundo playing, playing in the O. And, you know, he's, yeah. he thinks he can just do his thing out there and, you know, make those mistakes. But he's good enough to just take over and make up for all of them. Well, you can't in this league, Mitch. You're not, you, you're a phenomenal player. You're an elite hockey player, but you're not good enough to win games on your own. 
and make those kinds of mistakes. Like it's just, you, there's, there's, there's two guys in the league, maybe, maybe one that can do that kind of thing. So he needs to be addressed and he needs to change yeah. his mentality. And I, I need him, you need him to know that he is strong enough and confident enough that he can handle that kind of, you know, finger pointing without going Crazy. into a shell and, and, falling apart and losing your game and your confidence. And that is a tightrope that coaches are walking these days with these younger players. It seems like, you know, you call them out or shine a little bit of a light on them and they just completely self-destruct. I don't think Marner is that way. I think he's stronger than that. He's got the confidence to, to hold it. And I think if you asked him, honestly, he knows his stuff isn't good enough. And it's just a matter of whatever he has to do to fix it. He needs to do it, but I have no problem with calling out your player. It wasn't a big obvious thing. I mean, we dissect this stuff with a fine tooth comb and yeah, he looked like he kind of pointed at Mitch there for a second, whatever, but he's not good enough and he knows he's not good enough. So I think you got to address it. And I imagine it's even more so behind closed doors with individual meetings and, and breakdowns with lines and whatnot. There's, there's going to be some addressing happening today. It has that country club feel, but I'm happy you brought that up. Being a former player in this league, a former Leaf, what happens behind the scenes when, I don't even know if you want to call it a situation, because again, I thought it was justified. He made two terrible, terrible plays that lead to Anaheim goals, and then ultimately it does cost him in the long run and losing this hockey game. What happens behind the scenes between the player and the coach? Yeah, well, they're, they're going to go through video and they're going to sit as a team. They're going to break down video and they're just going to show things. And, you know, depending on the coach and who puts it together, it's going to be um, that'll determine whether it's individual guys that are called out. You know, you're going to be stopping the video saying, look at this. This is what we're talking about. Here it is. Can you see it? Do you agree? This is happening all the time. Here's three clips of it happening and you have to prove it to them like this is what we're talking about so we're all on the same page it's up to the coach on how badly he wants to you know pick yeah. a, a single guy apart but you're going to have that with the whole team you're going to have that with the power play with the pk the defense are going to have their own video sessions and i imagine that keith will have a one-on-one -on -one with certain players whether it's just after practice having a bullshit by the water bottles or, or whether he'll call him into his office or whatever and you know that's up to that coach to decide how that player needs to be handled but absolutely, there's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be, um, you know, video. You're going to go through it. And you're going to have private conversations with guys. And everyone's going to be on the same page for the most part. But it's one of those things you can't really force 20 guys to do the same thing. And that's why these team sports are difficult. And that's why this is frustrating. Because this team is better than this. But collectively, they just seem to get into these brutal ruts. And, you know, it's going to take something to to shake it up. And like I said, they did that last year. They pulled themselves out of it to a degree. I mean, 115 points after a shit start is saying something. So they are capable, but you can't keep putting yourself in this position because it's just it's just scar tissue. It's going to be stuff you might revert back to under pressure. And obviously, the team that did it last year didn't get it done in the playoffs. So you know, the more points you let slide, the more they're going to matter come March and April. So you know, they want to pull themselves out of this quick. Oh, you didn't know we're blaming Nick Robertson for everything now, right? He got benched on Saturday. I think played just a shade over eight minutes last night. Um, they, they've pretty much tried everything at this point in terms of line configurations too. We we saw third line center William Nylander last night. So it's not like it's not like Sheldon Keefe's not trying. And we talked about it on the show last week. Like, do we think it's justified? Does it make sense to make a coaching change? I think ultimately the coach is going to take the fall at some point in time, whether it's now Rosie or four months from now or after this season where I think they inevitably don't make it past the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, if they get there, it's going to be the coach. Do I agree with that? Only time will tell. Uh, but but 
I think there's telltale signs of the potential of making a coaching change. I don't know if you feel the same way. I know you enjoyed the name of the show today, Trick or Trots, because Barry Trots, one of the best coaches, is available, is on the market. What would you do right now? Do you think it's time for a change, Rosie? Uh, to me, it would depend on on the personal situation. You know, if Brendan Shanahan or Kyle Duba sits down with Keith and what what is Keith seeing and what is he saying and what's his plan going forward and if it makes sense and if it's the same thing that those guys would do and the same things that they see and if those things align I think you keep them in place it is it is better to keep them in place you don't want to make a coaching change right now I mean that just brings in a whole new can of worms of you know what is this new coach what is his experience what is his style of play um, are there leaders happy with it are they not um, how long does it take to implement his systems um, is it a coaching problem even are you even addressing the problem is it the coach um, so a lot of those things would come into play right now I hope that they don't fire Keefe but I hope that you know they do make a drastic culture change in how they approach things maybe they totally shake up their system that allows guys to kind of focus on the important things a little bit more but yeah. I know Dubis is keeping his eyes open and it's very difficult to make a trade in the salary cap era, especially this time in the season. But, you know, most teams have gotten their feet under them, understand what they have and what they're lacking. So might be a good time to really start to watch that wire and listen to the whispers and try to benefit your team a little bit. And, I mean, what that looks like, I don't know. It's, it's going to be difficult to fill the holes in your team without giving away too much. But, I mean, they are kind of a one-sided team with, with their stars. And to give one up, I think if the – the time was right and if the the trade was right you could you could benefit your team that way but it's just so hard to get all those pieces in place and pull the trigger rosie it's a finger point business so i'll just be blunt about it you have to point the finger somewhere if you're if you're not going to point the finger at the coach then ultimately it's the general manager where i feel the finger should be laid out the most i mean where do you want to start the matt murray decision knowing the resume the body of work gets hurt a couple games in i understand it's a volatile position and you can't sort of throw stones that way but just you know, outside of the Ilya Samsonov addition, can can you name one player that really has exceeded expectations so far in terms of offseason pickups? I I think it's wishful thinking. If you're looking to make a blockbuster trade right now, A, it's a flat cap era. The cap might go up significantly next summer. These are type of trades you make in the offseason, but these are type of trades that are in reaction to losing again in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which has been a theme for this team for the last two decades. Um I think it was inexcusable the offseason they had to begin with, whether it be change, whether it be a trade. They didn't address anything. They, they ran it back. We love that quote. And to me, just that whole thing a couple of years ago about killer instinct, and here we are two years later, and this team still lacks killer instinct. So I think it's incumbent, it's indicative on somebody, and that would be the general manager. Do you agree with that? Um, to a degree, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. Like, say you put a different general manager in there this summer, what moves did he make? What moves would he have made? It, you're only yeah, as good as what I, I the... would. I would just add that this general manager is stubborn to break up the core guys, and it's quite clear how many kicks to the can have they had in the Stanley Cup playoffs where they can't win a series, can't score that big goal. I think it's time to make a, a trade and, and involves one of those players. And by process of elimination, in my opinion, it's not going to be Tavares. It's certainly not going to be Matthews. I think at that cap hit, it would be it would be tough to to move Willie Nylander. So. Ultimately, you look at Mitch Marner. Yeah, if you're going to make a big move, Marner's the guy that I see making the most sense. Um, I just look at this core and why is he 
hesitant to break up the core. I mean, it's a really good core, solid core, um, quality players, and it's just the pieces around them and getting them all working together is is the difficult thing. And obviously, they're not doing that to a degree, but every single roster that every single GM has iced going back to what has not got the mm -hmm. job done, right? So yeah. it's easy just to say you didn't put the winning team on the ice, but for whatever reason, this organization has had a lot of trouble putting the winning product on the ice. And I believe that this is the best looking roster that a GM could have put together in, in many years. And that is why he's hesitant to break it up because that's difficult to get in place. All of a sudden you're, you're back to getting draft picks and rebuilding and now you're five years down the road and you won't even be here anymore. And you're, you're hesitant to do that if it doesn't make sense. And he hasn't come across anything that makes sense to him, obviously, but I know what you're saying. It's a group that hasn't performed. That is true. I just, I just hold out hope that within that locker room, those players can find a way to get the, the gel going and to, to click together where you're starting to rattle off those wins like they were last year. You've got to be able to access that more often and you've got to let that be your identity. And they clearly haven't started with that. They, they aren't even close. They don't even smell that right now. But last year when they were like, unbeatable and they are really firing on all cylinders that is the team that dubis has built it's just a matter of accessing that and allowing them to find that identity and i mean they've got games to do that but along the way yeah. you don't want to drop too many points and you don't want to have too much inconsistency with it because you can't win that way so it's a balancing act big time and there's no easy answers what I'm trying to say, this is not a regular season conversation, Rosie. Uh, I think we can both agree, and everybody listening and watching right now knows this team's going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's more so what happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And to me, you know, you asked me after that Arizona game, why did I make such a big beef over that game? It was just because I've seen that rodeo time and time again, where there's no accountability, there's no urgency, there's no desperation. And how many times have we seen that in recent memory in the Stanley Cup playoffs? And I understand you can make the bubble excuse against Columbus, whatever. Montreal, I think that was inexcusable. The Boston games, like there's a laundry list of just disappointments. And I think, you know, speaking from the Leaf fan perspective, there's just been so many feelings like that, so many losses like that, where you're like, what's up? Like, why didn't this team show up? That I think it's fair to question Kyle Dubas and the roster he's put together because it's quite definitive and clear that the players he has – He's had in place at least the core just can't get the job done like i think it's a fair assessment don't you yeah i mean he hasn't got the job done the leafs aren't haven't won a series like still to date that's still a fact i'm just saying if you can him see you want to fire him right now you, you want to wait till the after after the season if they don't do it again fine bring in somebody else and it's going to be yeah. A rebuilding process and it's not going to be awesome you're not going to be phenomenal the next year if you can him and start moving guys around like it's going to be difficult well, to do wait, wait, wait. I'll... no well, i disagree with that you what's, think you're going to put it together a better team? yeah no i i think sorry to interrupt like i i just think firing a general manager or a coach doesn't you know signify they're going into a rebuild i think it's just bringing in a, a new voice to put this team over the top well, the, te the team's in place right now. This is their core. So yeah. changing the general manager, okay, he's in the office now. What is he doing? He's going to put his mark on the team. He's going to fix the problems. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to make the change that got Dubas out of there, right? So he's going to have to do something. He's not just going to sit there with his arms folded. So there will be change made. Hopefully, yeah. it's the positive change. I mean, you look at um, 
you know, the Calgary Flames and losing what they lost this offseason and arguably getting better after that is is incredible. So it can be done. Um, but I think if you're going to fire Dubas, whoever comes in is not going to sit there with his handiwork sitting in front of him on his plate for years to come. He's going to make his team and address the problems that he sees. So there will be change made, and it's difficult to, to do that. It just is. But... Yeah. Um, I do agree that this hasn't been getting it done yet, and time will tell. And if they do lose, I don't think you fire a GM in the middle of the season. But no, if, if they don't make if they don't make it again, yeah, he's had his time, and this isn't working. And the, the you know the same old shit's going to happen. They're going to fire that guy, and he's going to bring his new thing. And they did it with Berkey, yeah. and they did it with the guys. And it's just it's the same thing. It's just this this you can start to call it a curse in Toronto, man. You can't. You can ice oh, better is. teams than other people on on paper, and it just still doesn't get it done. And it's very frustrating watching that game last night. It just it had like that 2013 Bruins look to it, where you just like mm -hmm. everyone knows the lead is getting blown, and that other team is just just absolutely floored with excitement that we're doing it, we're doing it. And the other team, every time a goal goes in, everyone's looking at each other like, oh god, how is this? Here we go again. And everyone's just get out there, do it better. Like, holy fuck. And it's just a shit show. And it looked like that last night. And I, you could see that coming from a mile away. I saw your tweets and I'm like, yes, this, they are not winning this game. And they had a two goal lead. Then when it was a one goal lead, they're not winning this game. Then they get one called back that I don't think should have. <laughs> they got every break, yeah. every chance in the world to win that game. And nobody took control. They were on their heels the whole goddamn time. And they didn't have the characteristics and the identity to take control of that game and say, no, we're going to take a stranglehold and seize this opportunity. We're going to win this game and get it done. And that is scary. And the answers to that, there's a million options. And what the actual answer is, is nobody knows right now, but I do know that those guys in the team are capable of better and all they're working on right now is accessing that. The best part is that we're all numb to the pain, right? We've experienced this so many times that it's like, oh, it's par for the course. It's going to happen. And again, I just think it's remarkable that the Leafs can't lose properly. It, it always has to be the, the laughing stock of social media. Every time the Leafs play or lose a game, it's people are trolling, they're laughing, they're giggling. It's never like a 2-1 loss in overtime. They just can't lose properly that way. But we can we can debate this, debate this till we're blue in the face. And again, we all all week to do so as well. The Leafs back in action on Wednesday after this five-game road trip. Oh, yeah, they're hosting the Philadelphia Flyers and John Tortorella. Pretty much the opposite of how you want your team to play. Um, I think if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, they just play with so much pace and passion. Like, you know what you're going to get from a John Tortorella team. So the Leafs... Uh, they better be ready to play on Wednesday. That's all I can pretty much say. The wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. I should preface Rosie by saying that I don't really have a beat of feel on the NHL betting market tonight. I believe it's just three games. Having said that, if I were to lay some coin, it would be on the Carolina Hurricanes puck line. They're at home to the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Canes 6-2-1 and one in the season. They're an absolute wagon, one of the better teams in the NHL. And on top of that, the Washington Capitals are really, really banged up right now. I know John Carlson got hurt the other night. So did TJ Oshie. Nick Backstrom's out of the lineup right now. Uh, Tom Wilson's not going to be back till like January, I believe. So it's not the same Washington Capitals team we're accustomed to seeing the last couple of years. So I like Carolina to win, and I'm going to lay the, 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 the puck in a half here. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I like that. You look at the money line. I don't think the value is there by any stretch. No. And, uh, you know, a really solid team in, in Carolina and only building on on what their potential is. So, you know, minus one and a half with your plus 40 money is a, a pretty good bet. And, you know, they could blow them out by three. 
or, you know, get that empty netter at the end to cover. But nonetheless, I, I like that value on, on the bet too. And like you said, there's not a whole lot to pick from tonight. So I got no issues with, with that at all. And yeah, I, I know you took a flyer a bit on, on Columbus there last weekend yeah. or this weekend, but, uh, you know, yeah. sometimes you got to do that to make money and it's not always a winner, but I still think you're hot, man. I still think you're hot. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, phys physically or literally, by the way? Mostly, mostly, okay. mostly literally, not physically, mostly bet-wise. Okay. Yeah, I, I got a haircut, got the beard done this weekend, so I'm feeling good nonetheless. And I actually stayed home and wrote the obituary for the Columbus Blue Jackets because I'm never betting on them again. They're three and seven in the first 10. And I couldn't believe it, by the way. Columbus... They pick up Johnny Gaudreau. I know Line a was banged up. They didn't score a power play goal in the month of October. I still think that's remarkable. They were zero for 25, no peeper goals. Are you telling me Johnny Gaudreau isn't like the savior of hockey? Are you telling me he doesn't no. have what it takes no. to carry an entire team? No, I don't know. I it's it's early. It's early. We got to preface that. It's early, right? <laughs> Johnny soft as balls is what he was. Everyone in Calgary was just like, see ya, bud. We'll take Huberto all day long and Uyghur, thanks. But, I think they're uh, feeling pretty good about life now. I like Tachaka in Calgary. He was pretty good. Didn't get it done in the playoffs by any stretch yesterday, but he was kind of an awesome player. Johnny was just scared little boy out there is all we saw in Calgary, and I can't believe the Flames flipped both of them for what they got in return, and they're a contender again. is just wicked, wicked stuff. So I don't know. Maybe the Leafs have got something like that in their future. We'll see, but uh, they can't do it right now. I, if you're if you're dreaming for a Matthew Kachuk, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, excellent job today. Remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review, visit theleafsnation.com. Heavy traffic website right now. Lots happening. A lot of hot takes, uh, a lot of opinions. It's uh, phenomenal stuff, in my opinion, because I work there. So go check it out, certainly. And the Leafs back in action on Wednesday. That's what we'll talk, Rosie. We'll talk on Wednesday. Are you going trick-or-treating tonight? We are. We're leaving our house and the whole crew's coming, so we'll have fun with that and uh, see you guys tomorrow. I'm sure there's more to talk about. Quick answer. Are you dressing up? This is the first year I'm not. I might throw something together last minute. You? Okay. Well, uh, no, I'm not, but stay tuned to tomorrow's show to find out more. Does Rosie dress up last minute? Thanks so much for watching, and we'll talk on Tuesday. Take care.